0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another special bonus edition of the Arbor Vitae podcast, promoting virtue in woodworking. Our last episode was about profit and justice, and it's a topic that Jonathan and I both feel so passionate about that our conversation extended well beyond the hour or so that we try to fit the show into. Um, So we ended up having to cut some stuff out, but some of it was still pretty interesting and it covers some things that we really had wanted to say Uh, so we figured we'd release it as some bonus content between our regular shows Um, also as a reminder don't forget to participate in our challenge question from last episode uh, which is what do you make and how much have you invested in making it what's your pricing model and what is that centered around And do you offer ways of adapting that price for people who can't afford necessities, which is what this bonus content talks about? You can join in that conversation on our website, arborvitaepodcast.com, by leaving a comment, or on social media by tagging us and using hashtag arborvitaepodcast. And also, don't forget to send in any questions you may have about virtue in woodworking or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Um, And we hope to hear from you on one or all of those channels. Our next show is going to be released right on schedule this Friday, November 11th, and we will be talking about practice and fortitude. So until then, we hope you enjoy this bonus content, and stay virtuous. Because I think maybe it's just a guy thing. We always want more
1: tools. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) I think everyone has a list of, oh, I need these 20 tools. (laughs) I... I was definitely in that camp, but I've actually reduced my tool set significantly over the past six months, and I've actually enjoyed woodworking more because I know how to use the tools that I have way better.
0: Right. Yeah, we're actually, we're going to be, uh, that. that's a topic that excites me because it's one of our future episodes Um, just as a little sneak peek for those of you who are already listening. Um, We're going to talk about, you know, how to use the tools that you do have so that you don't have to buy all of these other superfluous tools. Um, I actually had one of those moments this morning. And to be honest, if we hadn't been doing this podcast and I hadn't been self-reflecting as much as I am and, and sort of praying about what woodworking means and what my purpose is um, I may have acted differently but I saw on Instagram uh, someone was selling a track saw and it was a Grizzly track saw and they were this selling so it for cool. yeah I, I, and I ever since I heard about I, I want to say I heard about the Festool one first I think Dewalt has one Grizzly has one They're they're a little bit more common now but I've always kind of wanted one because, you know, oh, breaking down sheet goods would be so much easier with that. No no longer having to wrestle a full sheet of plywood onto the table saw or, you know, things like that. Um, and the first thought, which is sort of the old way of thinking, the first thought that popped into my head was, wow, that's $100 less than the cheapest that I could get it anywhere else.
1: It's a great and deal.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic tool. Got to get it. I've wanted one and I have the money in the woodworking fund to to yeah. be able to do that. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, well let me think about what I'm going to use this for. Breaking down sheet goods. And that was the only thing that I could think about it. And I know there are other uses for it. You know, the guy who was selling it said that he used it to cut full-size tabletops down to size, which, again, is is awesome. But I don't make a lot of full-size tabletops. And I know that the only thing that I would use that track saw for is cutting down sheet goods. You know, breaking down, doing the initial breakdown of sheet goods. Not even cutting all of my sheet goods with a track saw. Just that first cut or two to you know, wrestle them in more manageable sizes up onto the table saw. And I just couldn't, you know, even though 200 bucks is a lot less than any other track saw that will probably ever cross my path, I couldn't justify spending $200 of my, what I feel is hard-earned woodworking money on something that I was going to use maybe a couple of times a year. So ultimately I didn't, I didn't jump on it. You know, I didn't, I didn't express interest in it and I didn't end up buying it but um, I think the me from six months ago probably would have and I'm very thankful that we're sort of doing this reflection on what is how how to woodwork virtuously because I feel like that was the virtuous move to make in my situation and I'm not sure that I would have done that a couple of months ago
1: it's challenging me too It's like, wow, I'm going to be talking about this on a podcast. (laughs) It forces me to practice what I'm, you know, what we're preaching here. And it's challenging me because every episode we're talking about a different virtue and how it applies to the shop. And it's affecting how I behave in the shop during that time while we're during the time we're planning and even after that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're talking about it. And that's why we're asking these challenging questions to our listeners because we want to be able to share our experiences, hear about your experiences and, and challenge ourselves and each other to live, you know, the virtuous life that we're called to live.
0: Right. Um, I know we went on kind of a long tirade there, but, uh, One of the things that I really want us to hit on is what do you do in the situation where someone needs furniture or another woodworking product that we can provide, but they can't afford to pay for it? Or at least they can't afford to pay what we would charge ordinarily in that situation. What do you do?
1: Well, that's a great question, because I think any of us who do woodworking long enough end up finding ourselves in a situation where somebody's in a bind. They need... And there's a difference between, I need these things, and I would love to have this thing. Right? Right. You think of the basic necessities of a family. Like, a kitchen table is, I think, the perfect example. They're not yeah. They're not cheap. But they play such a huge role in family life. And so... You know, I think there's a couple of different ways that you can look at how can I help those in need with the skills and talents and that and the resources that God has blessed me with in a way that doesn't extend overextend me beyond what I'm capable of giving. And so a perfect example might be, you know, looking again at maybe they can cover the cost of resources like the lumber or. Maybe they can't even do that, but you have some extra lumber in your lumber rack and it might not be perfect for the project, but it gets the job done. It fulfills the need. So it doesn't financially cost you anything other than your time. And then there's an opportunity to look at how can we trade and barter our skills? You know, I can do woodworking. This other person... Maybe they're an electrician, or maybe they have some other trade that's of value to you and your family, or maybe it's just, hey, I'll bring the kids over, and we'll all just have fun, play, and also build this thing together, and it won't really feel like work at all, but we'll get the job done. You know, there's a lot of different ways where we can be charitable with what we have without again overextending ourselves right because if i say oh yeah i can build you a kitchen table but i don't have the money to pay for the materials either it's not really charitable anymore because i'm taking money that i don't have to do something for somebody else it's not my money to give to them in the first place but my time i could give freely of and you know my my scrap wood or the extra lumber that i've already paid for i could use that you know or maybe there's a old piece of furniture at a goodwill store that is junk but the materials are good you could spend 15 bucks on a on a bookcase that's falling apart but the materials are still good because it's solid wood that you could then turn into whatever this piece of furniture or this project, this individual needs. And so it's getting creative with the, the time and the resources you have available to help somebody help a family in need, um, and finding ways where they can contribute, you know, again, watching, helping watch the kids or participating in the project, or there, there's a bunch of different ways, uh, where they can participate because that's going to even be more rewarding for them that it wasn't just a free gift but it was something that they got to contribute to especially if it's something that they don't get a chance to do I've met, Right. I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't thoroughly enjoyed doing a project with me and I'm not saying that because they, I think I'm great but who doesn't love <laughs> building things and looking at it when they're done, taking a step back and saying, "Wow, I helped create this thing." It is. I mean, that's why many of us do woodworking in the first place because it is rewarding, and right. being able to give somebody else the opportunity to participate in that tremendous experience is a gift in itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now, you have a you have a practical example of that, right? with the, um, the bookcases that you built?
1: Well, that's a, yeah, I mentioned that earlier and I didn't go into detail. The, my, my sister-in-law got married in January and uh-huh. they wanted these built-in bookshelves, right? And those are pretty expensive, but it's mostly sure. the labor, right? The materials, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks in materials. Um, mm-hmm. So they cover the cost of materials. And her husband Adam, my brother in law now, on several occasions he helped me with the project. But then also it was kind of like, hey, you guys don't have kids yet. We've got three of them. Why don't you, you know, you help babysit a couple of nights? Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam can help me build the bookcases. And, and it worked out perfectly. There's a couple of nights where Carrie and I got to go out on a great date. And we had family watching the kids mm-hmm. and in return, I got to do something that I've never done before. They got these awesome bookcases, and Adam got to participate in the building process, so you know everyone everyone wins there
0: sure your your brother in law sounds like a great guy by the way he is yeah, uh well, I mean. Look at his name.
1: Well, that's true. He's got a pretty cool name. Um, Yeah. And he's just so much fun. Uh, He's, I think, the youngest of seven kids. And so he's easygoing. Our kids love him. You know, he's Uncle Adam. And it's always fun to go over there. So it doesn't feel like work. You know, it just feels like hanging out with family.
0: Sure. Sure. I don't really have any practical examples yet but there is a situation that might be arising at some point in the future um i was talking with the new abbot for an abbey that is about an hour from where i live and they are in need of some new liturgical furniture they they need an altar and a presidential chair and maybe an ambo um and a friend of mine works there uh works does work for the monks at the abbey and that was the connection that was sort of made um he introduced me to the abbot and uh you know we're going to I'm going to go down there and and talk to them about it at some point but I got to thinking about it and you know these are these are monks and they they do have some means of supporting themselves, like they have a gift shop, and they have other, you know, apostolates that bring in money, but they don't have a lot of money, and the, the Abbey is not um, thriving at the moment, so I know that they don't have a whole lot of extra money to throw around and at the same time they need these things and i assume that because they're looking for outside help that none of the monks who are currently there can do the woodworking themselves um so so they need this stuff they need it to be good quality but they may not be able to pay what it would command if i were just a a you know a, a professional woodworker who needed to You know, I have my my overhead that I need to pay for and I have my time that I need to pay for and the materials and things. So I was trying to think of, you know, what am I going to do when I go down to talk to these monks who have given their lives in service to, you know, uh, to prayer for the church, for for the world, um, and they need this stuff. How can I ask them to pay for this woodworking? You know, what what is that going to look like? Um, and again, it's something that I need to take to prayer. But on the one hand, they I'm sure that they would not want me to do it for free unless it was something that I could truly afford to donate. Right. But at the same time, I, I got to thinking, they're monks. They pray. That's what they do. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know if they would be willing to pray for me to pray for my family to pray for my prayer intentions um that's something that wouldn't cost them anything and it They're already would be pretty good something too. yeah you know they do it <laughs> at least seven times a day um <laughs> so that's something where i know that i will be getting something of value and i don't i don't mean to say that i'm selling my work for prayers because of course that's simony and a sin and I'm not going to get into that, but it's something where I can freely give of my time and they will freely give give of, of of their prayer time. And so I think ultimately, I mean, I'm going to have to ask them to pay for materials. I will probably have to ask them to pay for at least part of the labor because, you know, I do do this on the side and I'm sure that they're not going to want to wait a year or two for me to be able to do this in what little free time I have. Although hopefully it'll be more free time when the shop is actually at my house. Um, right. but you know, I'll need to probably take some time off work, you know, a day here and there. And, um, so, but I'm going to be very comfortable giving them a hefty, hefty discount because a, I appreciate what they do and I, I want to, donate but b i know that i will benefit from it spiritually i'll benefit from it i know that my woodworking will be fruitful because i'm giving freely um and i have them in mind when i do it and i'm giving them something that's going to be good quality that's going to last them you know hopefully hundreds of years absolutely Um, well i hope that works out well thank you yeah I, i hope it does too and i i I don't want to give any more details because it's all just purely theoretical at this point, but I figured it was a good example. So I tried to keep it vague. Um,